Hey everybody, it's Sam with Pro Wrestling Overtime. And yes, I know I haven't been with you guys for a while. Since before WrestleMania and over, I guess it was 30 shows plus that went on in Dallas that weekend. So it's been about a week and a half since you guys have really heard from me. Haven't really heard what I thought of WrestleMania or any of the other shows that I got to watch. And you're going to be hearing about those this coming week. Hoping for uh, to be able to get on YouTube, on Twitch, and to be showing on Twitter very soon. If you are subscribed to one of those sites or are following our channels, which are under the Overtime Network, except for Twitter. On Twitter, obviously, Pro Wrestling Overtime is under the handle of uh, Pro Overtime. That's two O's, Pro Overtime. So, we're going to be going pretty much every day, every other day, talking about wrestling on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, but when we go live, you'll see me wearing a uh, headset microphone where I will also be recording the audio so that it will upload to whatever podcatcher you're listening to, whether that be uh, Spreaker, iHeart, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Overcast, um, any of those. So we're hoping to get to you guys as many ways as possible. So I'd like to start off the episode congratulating Carmella and Corey Graves on their wedding that happened on Thursday in um, Florida. I blanked there for just a minute. Uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where Carmella, if you listen to their podcast, refers to it jokingly as the Slut Hut. Kind of wonder if it's going to get a new name now that she's married. But um, they had a wonderful, beautiful wedding down there. And the Happy Couple should be off TV for approximately... Two to three more weeks. It is my understanding that some, and I'm stressing that word, some of it was filmed for WWE and will go up on their YouTube show. Um, Also would like to congratulate Alexa Bliss and Ryan Cabrera on their wedding that happened in Palm Beach, California. It was also a very beautiful wedding. If you look at any of the video or pictures on Instagram or on Twitter, you will see how beautiful it was. Alexa made a beautiful bride. But I think the thing that caught my eye were the mountains in the background. Whenever you know you saw any of the pictures, yes, in sync performed. And um, I believe it was Yellow Cord was uh, a, one of Alexis' favorite bands 
and she um, got to hear them sing to her. Yes, there were a lot of WWE stars there, and but both have friends that are not WWE or AEW or MLW or whoever stars, and so they were in the background of some pictures. It seemed like more non-wrestling fans stayed out of Corey and Carmella's pictures than did Alexa Bliss and Ron Cabrera. So, since I just talked about Alexa Bliss, let's go ahead and let's talk about Miss Bliss. She is extremely unhappy with the WWE. Now, like I said, in other areas of her life, she's not quite as unhappy. But for the WWE to have taken their time, she was off, I think we said about four, four and a half months, and was ready she filmed the episodes with the therapist and Lily over, I believe, a two-day span. There were supposed to be, I believe, nine of them. Nine or ten. What they actually showed was like six because they put some segments together. One of the reasons why it was only six is because they were to start these after day one. It was supposed to lead up to right after Elimination Chamber. We all know what happened before that. So just quick recap. Sasha Banks gets hurt. It was January 6th in Fayetteville, North Carolina with a foot injury. It is said that it's going to take her six to eight weeks to heal, meaning that she would be out of Royal Rumble and the Elimination Chamber. Sasha assured them that she would be able to go Royal Rumble. She did. Three weeks later, Sasha Banks, uh, through doing some cryotherapy and water therapy, heat therapy, all of that at Winter Park Cryo, or, uh, physical therapy, got to be able to do enough to last eight, nine minutes in the Royal Rumble. However, she further aggravated that injury. She was also told, you know, you're not going to win the Royal Rumble. We're going to have Ron to do it. And, oh, by the way, you're not going to be winning the Elimination Chamber. It was then decided between Sasha Banks and WWE and WWE medical staff that it would be best for Sasha to then take the rest of the time off for her foot to heal. No, she was not suspended. No, There was no hard feelings on WWE's part. They didn't tell her to go home and sit there or whatever. No. Actually, two weeks before Sasha came back and her and Naomi hooked up to become tag team partners 
Sasha was actually at those SmackDown shows um, and was ready to go and step in if they needed her. They decided to give her that two weeks of rest and then start the storyline. As many of you do know, they were hoping Bailey would be back at that time. Bailey missed the clearance date that WWE had set by, I think it was four or five days. Therefore, Naomi stepped in to become Sasha Banks' partner. Why am I going through all of Sasha Banks' stuff when I'm talking about Alexa Bliss? Well, here's how it ties in. Like I said, her segments were supposed to run, and Alexa Bliss was supposed to come back after Elimination Chamber. Due to them having to flip some stories around, tell different stories, now Rhonda was going to be going up against Charlotte, so Elimination Chamber was not going to be a SmackDown Chamber, it was becoming a Raw Chamber. They did not have enough women that they felt could tell a good story. So what they decided to do, since Alexa Bliss is one of Vince McMahon's favorites, was to jam some segments together. That's why on certain Raw nights in January and early February, you would see Alexa segment one say, in the late 8 o'clock hour, and then you might see segment 2 of Alexa Bliss late in the 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock hour. That was to get all of the segments in before Elimination Chamber. They then said that there was going to be a mystery opponent, and it ended up being Alexa Bliss. Then it was decided that they didn't have anything further in her storyline. So basically, they sped up the storyline for Alexa Bliss to get her in the Elimination Chamber, to get them out of a predicament that they got themselves in, but didn't have any carry-through, follow-through. That is what Alexa has been so upset about. She brought this up to WWE management and creative. And it's my understanding, her kind of gist of what she was wanting and talking about was if you didn't have the story ready, why didn't you continue with the plan, have me come back in late February, which would have gave you more time, and put Asuka in the February Elimination Chamber. I was told through certain sources in that meeting that Alexa was not told anything to do with Oscar's situation. However, it was talked about later. The reason why Oscar was cleared in January, ready to go, but was not WWE creative cleared by that they don't have a storyline for her but 
they have been wanting Asuka to switch to SmackDown. And with Elimination Chamber being a Raw event, they did not want to put Asuka into the Elimination Chamber. Plus, they did not want her to be put into SmackDown where they have been doing two to five minute matches unless they only do one women's match. If they only do one women's match, it gets anywhere from 10 to 12 minutes or from 12 to 15 minutes. Therefore, Oscar wouldn't have been on TV anyway. So that's kind of the update concerning Asuka. They don't have anything creatively for her. Haven't the whole month of February. Haven't the whole month of March. And now we're into April 10th. And in 10 days in April, they still do not have anything for Asuka. So I'll talk more about Asuka here in just a moment. Alexa Bliss is feeling used. She's feeling that they pulled the trigger on her character too soon, that they do not have a good handle on her character. She's been told that she is a baby face. For those of you who don't know what that means, it's a good guy or good girl, but that she is going to have touches of evil come out in the form of Lily, either the doll showing up in the locker room or... Um, in the ring, or that Alexa will be having kind of flashbacks. Well, WWE creative, one of the members, said that he didn't have good feelings for her toned down character. Therefore, there wasn't a WrestleMania story, and there hasn't been until this point. With her getting married on yesterday, on Saturday, she is supposed to have two weeks off. Will we see Alexa at the end of April, early May? I don't know. Me personally, and this is not from any source, me personally, I don't know that it looks like it. Now, is Alexa Bliss so unhappy that she's willing to walk away? That I don't know. And that's the question I'm going to start asking of different sources myself is, can Alexa Bliss walk away? When is her contract up? Does Alexa and Ryan together have enough money for her to walk away and do other projects. She's been part of Punky Brewster out in L.A. Um, are they still wanting to live in Orlando, Florida? Are they wanting to move back to California? What are their plans? And, you know, what is Alexa herself wanting? That's what I'm kind of looking forward to. Now, as far as Oscar. I have been hearing rumblings probably for the last three to four weeks that Asuka is not happy. She's not doing anything. Now, she is working some for a Japanese company. You guys know that she works on some video games. 
writes for some magazines and things like that. She is still doing those things. However, she wants to wrestle. Asuka, for those of you who don't know, is over 40 years old. She is getting to where she may want to slow down here in three to five years. She may want to retire. She may want to start her own promotion. She may want to open her own gym up. She may want to go back to working with video games full-time. It's unknown, but I do know this. She has been unhappy. Now, they have not been requiring her to fly to shows, except for certain ones. She was at WrestleMania. A lot of people... Uh, wrote me and were wanting to know, well, she was not in any pictures. Okay, Bailey wasn't supposed to be either. She got caught in, I think, three or four pictures. They weren't really supposed to be posted. They were. Things like that happened. Asuka more stayed out and out of the way. But Asuka's best friend did not win the tag team championships, whereas Bailey's best friend did. So, um, you know, you guys can can do that yourselves. Asuka and Bailey were asked not to be at the Hall of Fame ceremonies due to them um, hiding and possibly being able to have their new debuts last week, which we all know did not happen. Uh, Alexa Bliss was given the whole entire week of WrestleMania off. She was not in a storyline. She asked for it off and was granted that. So Alexa Bliss was not in Dallas at all that week. Um, let's switch over to AEW. Kenny Omega. Let's talk about him. Kenny Omega, we all know in... 2021 was doing his belt collector gimmick was going to different promotions was trying to get AEW's name out there getting him to take on you know different opponents in different promotions during that year had I think five different injuries um that just kept getting worse and worse and worse. One would cause another, which would cause another. Um, and that I'm speaking of is he had a hernia, a sports hernia, which caused a hip abductor problem. And these four or five injuries, especially his back shoulder area that was hurt, got worse. It was determined in late November that he definitely needed surgery. Through AEW management, Kenny Omega and his doctors, it was determined, hey, the best time to do this is the month of December and January. We probably, with these five different injuries, can do the surgery, do the rehab, and he possibly be looking at March to April. Now, we all know 
that at um, Revolution. He was not there. They attentively penciled him in. When he missed that in early March, they tentatively penciled him in for um, all in 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 Memorial Day. Guys, he's not going to make that. He, it is my understanding through different sources that he has now been erased from coming back on Memorial Day weekend. It will be probably early September. They're hoping he will make double or nothing. Some of you that may come as a shock, I look for him to be back by July. Because when people say September, they usually mean six weeks earlier. And knowing Kenny Omega, he will be getting consistently on it in order to get back sooner. Get a storyline for Double or Nothing. Anyway, um, what happened was due to COVID, due to different protocols, due to doctor schedules... He ran into the same thing he Slater ran into when he was hurt the year before at Impact Wrestling. If you remember, he Slater had four or five different injuries, was trying to get them all done at once so he could rehab them all at once. And it took him longer to do that, to get doctor schedules to match up and be able to do that. My understanding with Kenny Omega, same thing happened. He had one surgery where he took care of two different injuries and then another surgery where he took care of three more. So that is what has caused a lot of the pushback in the dates. But also a couple of injuries were way worse than what they thought were going to be. So like I said, that, that's the big no, news about Kenny Omega is that maybe being pushed back to September. Now, let's kind of talk about WrestleMania. WWE management came out with about 12,000 tickets each night were given away or comped, or given to sponsors, or families, things like that. There were about 64 to 65,000 tickets sold each night, and then about 12,000 were given away to create that 75 to 77,000 mark that you kept hearing about on TV. WWE creative and WWE management were not impressed with Ronda versus Charlotte. They were shocked that the audience, both on TV, through social media, and actually in the stadium that night, were not impressed with this match. A lot of people used this match to go to the bathroom. WWE had different people taking surveys that night or doing research both nights, asking them 
you know, what match were you disappointed in? What match were you excited about? What match were you not excited about? Different questions. And they were shocked at some of the responses they got on the Ronda Charlotte match. Now, when I heard that, my first question was, are they going to bother to do this again then? Well, as we saw Friday night, the answer is yes. Yes, this match is going to be done again at Backlash. But pretty much everyone in WWE sees the handwriting on the wall. Charlotte has even told them. Numerous people around wrestling have told them Ronda needs to be a heel. She should have came into the WWE as a heel. And they've made this mistake many times with people. They think because they're coming into the WWE and going to get this huge pop that that automatically makes them a babyface. It doesn't. Now, there's one instance it did and WWE went against that. And they're still fighting against it now. So, we've seen Ronda come in, getting that pop, getting that casual fan interaction that knows her from the Olympics, knows her from UFC, knows her from her first match against Triple H and Stephanie with Kurt Angle. They put her up against the ultimate heel in Charlotte. Even Charlotte cannot make the crowds overwhelmingly cheer Ronda. It is because Ronda refuses to smile, to laugh, to joke, to glad hand, to do the baby face things that she needs to. Ronda is a personality wise, a typical heel. They need to switch her as soon as possible. Look for them to do that immediately after Backlash. Look for them to put her with Shayna Baszler, who is also a normal, typical heel. Have them create a super team of MMA badasses that will run through the tag team division. And guys, I hate to break this news to you because I know all of you are happy. But Sasha Banks and Naomi, they will be dropping the belts to Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. When I know when, you'll know. But right now, that's kind of the plan, is to rehab Ronda's image, turn her heel. So look for Ronda possibly to uh, turn heel against Charlotte. Another babyface that came back, was going to receive a pop. Everybody knew it. WWE fought against that. That was Becky Lynch last summer at SummerSlam. Remember, the plans were at SummerSlam for her to do a run-in, being a babyface, in the Charlotte match. But because Sasha Banks was unable to be there at SummerSlam, Becky filled in for her, and because she was taking on Bianca, needed to turn heel immediately. 
that was not thought through. That was not something that Becky was completely prepared for and got her character ready. And it has been a total disaster. I'm sorry, Big Time Bex. They just aren't working. They need to turn her back babyface. It's too soon, though. So they're kind of stuck in a per- predicament. So they are now faced with that question with Bailey. Everyone, they chanted her name on Monday and Friday night, begging WWE to allow her to debut. It is my understanding she was technically supposed to debut on Monday Night Raw during Bianca's segment. Hence the reason if you re-watch that segment, you see Bianca looking towards the stage two or three times. You also see the camera pan that way. It is because up until Bianca went out, people were thinking that Bailey was going to debut at that point. The decision was made, however, before WrestleMania, that there was a real possibility that they were going to use this time off, the last nine months that Bailey's been off, to turn her back babyface. Why? Because she sold more merch as a babyface than what she did as a heel. Now, me personally, number one, I can say... I think she sold more merch because more merch was put out. When you think about all of the things they put an I'm a hugger on, from keychains to foam fingers to different t-shirts and all of that, of course she sold more merch. Well, they didn't do that for Heel Bailey, but they also created shirts that weren't really Heel-like. Look at the the Ding Dong Hello shirt. It is a lighter blue teal collar with bubble letters. That's not a heel shirt. Where is her skulls, her crossbones? Where is, you know, her doing submission moves or the rose plant where she is stomping somebody's arm into... um the the mat where is her being obnoxious and laughing at people she needs black gray dark blue shirts they don't want to do that so of course babyface bailey is going to sell more merch they know that she's going to get a pop when she comes out and so, therefore, it is my understanding we will be seeing Babyface Bailey taking on possibly heel Becky in the second tier battle under Bianca because Becky needs time off. We didn't see her last Raw, we're not supposed to see her this week either which I think means Bailey does not appear. I think Bailey will only appear when Becky comes back, and I'm hearing that may be after Backlash. So guys, as bad as I hate to break it to you, you may not be seeing Bailey until May. 
Now, I plan on poking some people later tonight and early tomorrow to see if Bailey will be coming back on Raw tomorrow night. But as of this moment, I'm hearing it may be after Backlash, which I believe is May 8th, before you see Bailey and Becky get after it. Now, what do managements think of Bianca since I just brought her up? Well, they think she's a real star now. They think they brought her up the correct way by bringing her up, sticking her with Bailey, her having a couple matches with Carmella, being partnered in December with Sasha, having them take their feud all the way to WrestleMania. After WrestleMania, she was put back with Bailey. Bailey got hurt, then she did a month with Carmella, and then she went back to Sasha Banks and then lost to Becky. And that was basically Bianca's first year. She only dealt with four horsewomen and Carmella in her first year. She was put in primetime feuds. Look for them to possibly be doing that with Raquel on Friday Night Smackdown. They think that Bianca pulled it off a second year in a row and that she is rocking and raring to go. I'm hearing that there is going to be a minor opponent for Bianca over the next six weeks. I asked, was that going to include Backlash? I was told there was a a possibility with Ronda and Charlotte and the tag team, the women's tag team belts being put up at Backlash, that Bianca may not be needed and we may not see Bianca at Backlash. But to keep her skills up, they may have her doing a minor feud or picking up a partner such as Liv and doing a tag team kind of feud on Raw just to kind of keep her in our thoughts. Um, Steve Austin from WrestleMania, everybody already knew this, but it was determined Steve Austin is so over, it's not even funny, that he is like a 100 times over than any star they've got going now. Yes, that includes Roman. Yes, that includes Brock. Austin's pop when the glass broke both nights was unbelievable and they just they they're amazed with it Lacey Evans you saw come out on Friday she is considered a baby face they're going to do more of a hero role with her being an ex-marine you saw how she was dressed in the camo pants and the lace with the appears to be a bra kind of underneath it where um, she is going to almost save the day. My personal opinion, I thought we had Zaya Lee for that. Um, you know, they have had Aaliyah in that role. They have had drawn a blank on the other one. But they've had so many people in that role. It just really hasn't 
went the way they've wanted it to. I look for Lacey Evans to possibly feud with um, Natty or to take on one of the new NXT people that are coming up. As we have seen the last two weeks with WrestleMania and then the Raw after WrestleMania, Damian Priest has now joined Edge. Edge is rumored, and I am saying this, rumored. We pretty much know it is the fact that he is creating a dark faction, kind of similar to the Brood. Guys, Rhea Ripley is supposed to join that on Monday night. After Rhea and Liv, or during Rhea and Liv's match against Sasha Banks and Naomi, she will be turning against Liv. She will then later come out and be a member of Edge's faction. I have to throw this in here, and people get tired of it. But that's if WWE doesn't change their mind. I tried to explain this to a friend of mine that really just doesn't get it. How WWE can be a two, three billion dollar business and not be more organized, more structured. Because they're not. If you could go to the arena in, I believe, they're in Detroit tomorrow night, I think. If you could show up at that arena at noon, 2 o'clock, somewhere around there, and see WWE Creative locked into a room, uh, writing things and arguing with each other, and trying to develop storylines that they later go to Vince McMahon's makeshift all of this and pitch, and he tells them no, that he wants it this way, or he sees the storyline going that way, or that it's total garbage and they need to go away. And then they go back into the writer's room and rewrite or continue working on other things. They legitimately, during a Monday Night Raw, for a 30-minute, or excuse me, a three-hour show, will pitch 30 to 40 different ideas for different wrestlers, different storylines. And even though they have pitched it and gotten the okay that Rhea is joining Edge's faction this week, they pretty much know that that is supposed to happen tomorrow night. They have to flesh it out. What is she going to say? What is Edge going to say? When is she going to do that? How is she going to do that? And at any point, Vince McMahon can say, no, I don't see it that way. It needs to be this way or that way. Some of his knows it needs to be changes the storyline completely. Or it changes other people's. So let's take the Rhea storyline. Let's say Rhea doesn't turn during the match. Well, that affects Liv's storyline. Because they have to be added into a different segment where she may be live live down. Or she just flat out leaves her. Or if she does turn during the match, then how does she get to Edge? Well, that affects Edge and Damien's storyline. 
And so different people are interacting with others, and by changing one piece, you may change five more in the process. People want to know what's going on with Roman. Well, as of last Monday, WWE didn't know, which is why on Monday Night Raw, you saw Roman come out and say, tune in to SmackDown on Friday. Now, that was a heel thing for him to do, but the real reason behind it is because they did not know. They're also stalling by having him come out on Friday and say, go get the Raw Tag Team Melts Usos. That gives him some time. Plus, they had Shinsuke come out. Look for Roman... Because Brock is off until Money in the Bank. He is scheduled for Money in the Bank. And SummerSlam, for those of you who are going to write me and ask me that. Um, You will see Roman kind of biding his time. Is he going to be defending both belts? It is my understanding, yes. One pay-per-view, he's going to defend one Next pay-per-view, he will defend the other. That way, he can keep going back and forth between Raw and SmackDown. Yes, there was a rumor that Roman wasn't done with Seth. I totally agree with that, but it is my understanding that has been pushed back some. That during now, for Backlash... We're going to see Roman dealing with some kind of lower tier talent. Look for him to be playing with and talking about Shinsuke. Raw, like I said, was supposed to be Seth. I'm hearing that it may be someone further down the card. Also look for Austin Theory to upset Finn Balor, take his championship this Monday night. Now, all of you who listen to me overseas are wondering about Drew. Drew needed to finish up his battle. Drew really was hurt, and there were, I don't know, some... He didn't want to be off as long as it was going to take his neck to heal. And since he didn't want to, they stuck him in the Baron Corbin, Madcap Moss kind of feud to allow him to be with safe people, and I mean Baron Corbin, and to solidify his run as a babyface. It is my understanding that, yes, Drew is still going to be taking on Roman in September at the uh, Wells pay-per-view at Cardiff. It is unknown now, though, whether or not he will be winning the belt. The storyline for the Cardiff pay-per-view was that Roman was going to lose a belt there. It is my understanding now 
Roman will be losing about in SummerSlam to Cody Rhodes. They did not really realize how over Cody was going to be, how big of a reaction he was going to get, and they waited until Monday night to see if it would continue without the overseas tourists in attendance. They knew that Monday Night Raw was going to be mostly a United States crowd. Cody basically was the only thing over in that whole entire show. People have been asking about John Moxley since we're speaking of Cody. Guys, John Moxley and Cody, uh, one doesn't have anything to do with the other. Because Cody left doesn't mean that John Moxley is leaving. Everybody wants to paint everyone from AEW with a wide brush. Please don't do that. Cody's situation is completely different than John Moxley's. People want to say, well, they went through things around the same time. Both left WWE. Both ended up and went to New Japan and did things over there. Both did things on independence. Both showed up in AEW, you know, around the same time. Guys, guys, stop, stop. John Moxley's contract is up next month. Cody's was up in December, so it wasn't the same time. Cody was a founder of AEW and was part of all the meetings, was attending sponsorship meetings, TV meetings. He was in on booking meetings. John Moxley doesn't do that. Yes, Tony Khan calls John Moxley and asks, hey, what do you think about this storyline? John Moxley does give his opinion. But in no way is he booking the thing. He doesn't want to. John Moxley is having the time of his life going around on the independent circuit, GCW champion, and defending that championship against anybody and everybody that wants some. He is loving life, showing up unannounced at places like Defy in Seattle. He, the fans absolutely went wild. He's been in New Japan Strong. Look for him to go back to New Japan Strong. Um, it is my understanding that him and Eddie Kingston may be showing up there or him and Daniel Bryan, or excuse me, Bryan Danielson. It is also my understanding when Japan opens up and they can get over there that Brian Danielson and John Moxley and Willer Yuta are going to be showing up in Japan. Um, so look for John Moxley to re-sign with AEW. Does he like everything about AEW? No, he doesn't. He will be more than happy to tell you that. Does he like the flexibility and see anything out there? that remotely gives him the kind of freedom but pays him the type of money that he is getting paid 
Um, no. Tony Khan is going to back up the truck for John Moxley as to not lose another person to WWE. However, John Moxley is also a very honest person. So look for him to tell Tony Khan, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Let's kind of stick to this. Now, there are going to be some clauses in there giving him a little bit more time off and flexibility and freedom. Now, that's not necessarily for the independent circuit as much as it is for Renee's job, where she has taken on the hockey component of a job with, I believe it's NBC, and his daughter. His daughter's growing up. Um, she's going to be active and in this, you know, new stage of the pandemic where it's ending and we're getting back to doing normal things. I think we're going to see his daughter Nora getting out into the world and John Moxley is going to be wanting to be there to also see it. Now, guys, I'm going to go ahead and end this, but I've got a lot more stuff that I kind of want to be talking to you guys about. So, I don't know that I'll necessarily come back today or tonight. It'll probably be tomorrow, but I do want to talk about some of the NXT call-ups that you guys have been hearing. Some things changed between Stand and Deliver on Saturday and NXT Tuesday night. Some people got confused. Well, that's because circumstances changed, and that's why certain people you thought were getting called up didn't get called up, and you didn't see this past week. Will you see them in the future? Uh, maybe, but you may see them back in NXT. We're going to have to wait and see on that. So, um, guys, I look forward to talking to you guys again. If you have any questions, comments, problems, or protests, make sure you're writing me at prowrestlingot at gmail.com. That's prowrestlingot at gmail.com. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You guys can look us up there. And I look forward to talking to you guys real soon on another podcast or another podcast and YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter video real soon. So talk to you guys soon, and hopefully I'll see you somewhere down the road.